The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Swing and a high fly ball. Right field and deep. Geyer to the wall. Rays win. Rays win. Rays win. D-Man Toy with a two-run walk-off home run. The Rays winning ways here at Tropicana Field continue. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. On the lineup, he pitches. Adamas launches one way up into the air into left field. This one's got a chance. Turning Benintendi, Willie Adamas. With his first big league hit, it's a home run against Chris Sale. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Welcome to our next to last show of the regular season. On deck today, Mike Brasso on a storybook first stretch in the big leagues. Jeff McLaren will discuss the Rays minor league system. We'll look at the Arizona Fall League with participants Shane Boz and Drew Strotman. Plus, we'll chat with Oliver Drake on his impressive season and Johnny Davis on his moment in L.A. We continue on This Week in Rays Baseball, and our feature guest this week is one Mike Brasso. Mike, with all the great stories here in the month of September, I'm sure that your year has to you know, stand out, too. When you reflect on it, what has this year meant to you? Yeah, it's been obviously a, a really fun, uh, exciting year. Uh, a lot of memories that have been you know, made with the family, with my friends. Um, it's, been, it's been a fun ride, and uh, looking back on it from this point in, in September, it's... Uh, pretty remarkable where i was uh you know come last or this february to uh where i'm at now so it's pretty cool what's been the best part best part oof i guess it would probably have to be making my debut honestly um it's kind of hard to compete with in any other aspect so uh yeah that that was probably the most fun most exciting part above a first homer above a walk-off for the first time at the big league level um yeah i still think the still think making the debut was it just with something like making a debut like that, it kind of just uh, entails everything that kind of built up to that debut, so it kind of makes it more special, yeah. What have you learned this year? Ooh, I've learned a lot. Um, I learned just from watching more of the veteran players up here, um, kind of how to handle your business um, the right way. I've learned a lot on the field as far as kind of maintaining your body throughout a full season of pro ball, um, you know, going from 140 games in the minors to 162, uh, you know, those 22 games do add up. So learned a lot about how guys take care of bodies, kind of withhold throughout the, uh, the, the, the damaging season. Who's helped the most of the guys you've watched, and how have they helped? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I've talked to Duffy. I've talked to Wendell a lot, kind of more veteran guys of the infield. Aggie's been, you know, uh, pretty helpful since he came over here. Yeah, really just a, a collective group of veterans as a whole have really helped me out a lot. Have you thought then about how you want to approach the off season in terms of your preparation? Or are there things you would change now that you have, even though you're not playing a lot in September, but you've kind of been active every day, you're seeing this, you're kind of living it? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, the the playing actual playing time has kind of been more limited uh, in September, but... You know, there's still a lot of, you know, behind-the-scenes work, obviously, uh, you know, pregame and stuff like that. So they're still taking a toll on the body every day. But, yeah, with that being said, um, I know it's kind of been a long, exhausting season, um, just like for everyone else. Uh, so I know during the off season, kind of, um, you know, have a different, more more uh, strategic plan going into for next year. What do you want to do? Do you want to add weight, lose weight? Work on quickness. What are the kind of things that are kind of going through your head? Because every year, I'm sure you go, "Oh, 
Here's what I want to do sure. for next year. Yeah, I think uh, going into next year, we're going to work on um, more agility, more speed work, a uh, lot more footwork. I think um, my footwork was kind of lacking a little bit at times this year, so um, we're going to really concentrate on that, I think. Not so much adding or, or losing any kind of weight, but kind of just more maybe change the kind of weight I have a little bit. Um, but, yeah, just uh, putting myself in the best position comes from training. have a lot of things that Rodney uses. I know that Willie has obviously adapted to yep. them very well. How much have they helped you? Yeah, uh, Rodney, Rodney's been great. He uses, uh, you know, we got like a little infield uh, pre-drill uh, that we, we'd like to do um, before BP. So stuff like that, like, uh, like you said, with Willie and Rodney, um, all the stuff that they've been bringing to the table and kind of I've been able to observe uh, has been really helpful. And it's going to be a big part of my offseason plan. And how about on the offensive side? Because I'm sure you're learning, you know, more pitchers get adjusted to you. They start to make adjustments. Are there things you're seeing? And, and, and are there things you're learning just by watching from an approach standpoint during this tough stretch? Yeah. So, yeah, when I came into the league, I, I had a, a quick start, a quick good start. Um, but then quickly you, you kind of realize that pitchers kind of – they see the same thing and they, they kind of make their strategies on how to get you out. From what I've seen up here, uh, it, uh, it's a lot of setting up pitches more than in the minors where pitchers are okay if they're throwing a ball, if it's a, it's a well-intended ball, and kind of sets them up for a pitch, maybe even two pitches down the road in that bat. So I think a lot more strategy. Uh, there's a lot more um, data, obviously, up here. So, um, you know, it's obviously – free will to anyone to use so yeah I think there's more of a plan up here which you know I got to kind of look in the mirror and say if I was a pitcher how would I get myself out um and kind of work on that this offseason who um and how much have you learned by watching and how much enjoyable has it been to it look you got to go to a playoff with Durham at the beginning of September then you rejoined the team here and now you're seeing games that basically it's a playoff game every night oh 100 percent yeah and you can feel it in the atmosphere too it's it's definitely if, if really really fun to be a part of. Um, I mean, that's what you play baseball for is this 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 time of the year, this kind of atmosphere, day in and day out. Because um, you know every pitch, every win, you know could be could be a difference in your season. What have you learned too? I'm sure the hardest thing has to be slowing the game down and keeping it the same uh, because there is a lot more intensity involved. Yeah, yeah uh, 100%. Um, that's definitely where I've figured uh, where I kind of look back on my time up here in the big leagues is when I've kind of struggled. Um, you know, why was I struggling? Maybe because I was speeding up, the game was speeding up on me a little bit. Uh, I wasn't being myself at the plate or in the field or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's kind of it's tough to, to take a step back and slow it all down. And remember, it is a game, but at the same time, that's what makes the good players great. So I got to find a way to do that. And you know, in context, I guess the goal for you is, you know, just like any guy, you were happy to get here, but I have a feeling that the reason you got here now you want to, okay, how do I figure out how to stay here? That's probably the hardest challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's with all the storylines and everything that's, that's been out there this year, it's been awesome. Right. But, um, I don't want that story to just stop at, you know, he was that undrafted kid that made it to the big leagues. I want to be, you know, he was that undrafted kid that made it to the big leagues, and then you know he established himself as a big leaguer and um, you know stuck around. So, yeah, that's the that's the goal is to figure out a way to stick around as long as I can. You touched the beginning. Of the, the best part was 
you know, the family experience. What has all this meant to your mom and your dad? Yeah, it, meant, it means everything to them. And I know that uh, knowing that from my side is, is a really, really cool thing to, to see how happy they are for me to achieve my goal. And me knowing wh- how much they've done for me to achieve my goal, it's kind of a two-way street, obviously, because um, I wouldn't be here without them. It's comes comes full circle um it's really special it's uh yeah it's it's really really cool to see all the looks on my family and friends faces they are working class are they still yeah. working back at home in indiana oh, yeah oh yeah they're still working nine to, uh oh, actually longer than nine to five but monday through friday they're still in the office and mom and dad do what yeah, they're both uh, in the steel industry. Dad works for um, National Processing, and my mom works for Ken Wall Steel. So, um, yeah, they're uh, they're grinding every day for sure. So, when you started, how did you really get started in baseball? When did you think I can actually make this a career? Yeah, um, that's a that's a tough question because you know I, I was that undrafted guy, so. I, I thought I could make it a career in college, and then you know when that draft happened and my name didn't get called, I was like, ah, well, maybe maybe it's not part of the future for me. But um, I started off baseball just like I think most of everyone else, uh, like really young. Dad was really involved. He was my coach all the way through high school. Uh, when I thought that I wanted to make it a career, probably I was probably in sophomore year of college, really pursuing it. Actually, no, I take that back. Going into college, I really wanted to play baseball for rest of, for my career, and I knew I had to do a lot in college to do that. And I think one thing that's really important in this game is to be able to step away from the game when you're not on the field. What do you do when you're not playing? Are you a gamer? Are you are you a, a binger on Netflix? What, what What's your guilty pleasure? Uh, yeah, I'm not a gamer. I'm not, um, not, not a big PS4, Xbox guy. Um, I do binge watch a few shows, admittedly. Um, like? Like, uh, well, I watched uh, Stranger Things. I've watched The 100 recently. It just came out with new episodes, if anybody wants to check that out. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I really, I don't have too many guilt. I mean, I like to go fishing with my dad every once in a while. Um, most of the time, it's just trying to find time to see, to see old friends, because I've kind of been around the country as so much i've made friends in different areas so i'd like to kind of go visit them for the most part yeah favorite place to travel outside of indiana is favorite place to travel outside of indiana is um i do like uh my my dad goes he's got an annual fishing trip with his buddies up in uh minnesota i went on there once and uh absolutely loved it unfortunately he goes every september he's actually leaving today so um he goes there every September, so I can't really go there because I play baseball. So I got to do it one time, loved it. Um, looking forward to doing it again. Well, hopefully it's in late, late, late October or yeah. November that your next fishing trip is. We certainly appreciate some time, and we're happy you've had a lot of cool moments this year. Uh, thanks for being with us on This Week in Race Baseball. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. That's Mike Brasso, and we'll continue in just a moment. You're listening to the Race Baseball Network. Well, we continue on this week in race baseball. Time to look at the minor league side. There's a lot going on, even though the season has ended. Uh, and joining us now, Director of Minor League Operations, Jeff McLaren. Jeff, first of all, congratulations on the new role. Tell me uh, what it means to you and, and how things may or may not change for you. Thanks, Neil. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm incredibly excited and, and grateful to kind of take on a new challenge of uh, kind of leading our, our minor league department forward. 
going to it's a pretty humbling experience to step into the shoes of Mitch Lukovic as I'm sure you and, and most of the listeners know he has an incredible history in this game and, and has touched a lot of players and helped a lot of a lot of people get to the big leagues and helped a lot of staff get to the big leagues and it's, a, it's going to be a challenge to step in for him but I he's been an incredible mentor to me to me over the past eight years as I've kind of grown into this spot and and will still be around to, to provide guidance and assistance and uh, look forward to continuing to work with him work with Carlos Rodriguez and work with uh, what we think is the best minor league staff in baseball what would you say are the the best storylines from this year for the minor league organization as a whole you know we talk a lot about having our team and our players play in meaningful games all the way through through August and into September and once again feel like we kind of surpassed our own expectations there with Durham making the playoffs, Montgomery making the playoffs, Charlotte posting the best record in the Florida State League and having their, their playoff run cut short by, by a hurricane, um, but also seeing Bowling Green, Hudson Valley, almost up and down the system, our, our teams and our players were having to play in pressure situations down the stretch, and that's, that's something that we, we continually strive for, and we aren't always able to achieve it, but the last couple of years have, and, and that's a, a great thing for the system as a whole. But it also, you know, we're in the business of player development and graduating players to the big leagues and getting to see see guys like Nate Lowe and Brendan McKay, Mike Rousseau, Keen Wong all make their, their debuts at Tropicana Field uh, is, is something that we take a lot of pride in. And they all come with their different stories, whether it's Brendan McKay being the, the fourth pick in the draft or Mike Rousseau being a non-draft free agent. Uh, it's really cool to see all the, all the different pathways that guys take to to realize their dreams and, and to help our club. Not only are those guys getting there, but they're making an impact, and that's that's a huge storyline for us every, every year. For the guys who are working toward uh, the major league level still at this point, what would you consider to be some of the top storylines? Would it be health? Because at least on paper, it appeared after a year where you guys had a lot of Tommy John surgeries while there were some injuries, um, there were a, a, a lower number or less significant ones than, let's say, the dramatic numbers you had a, a year ago. Yeah, I think cutting back on injuries is something we always strive for. I don't know if we – we definitely made some tweaks after last year, but certainly it's, it, you know, there's going to be an ebb and flow to, to injuries, and you can't always predict it or plan for those sorts of things. I, we're always happy when we have a healthier year, but we're always disappointed when Resley Linares or Luis Moncada or Tyler Frank aren't able to have a full season because of health-related things. And so that's always going to be an area of emphasis for us. And But, you know – like you said, looking at the guys who who have had some success stories throughout the year, I think um, we're we're really excited about the progress that that Wander Franco has made. He he continues to to amaze us at, at what he's able to do at his age and, and his experience level. On the pitching side of things, to, to see Joe Ryan and Shane McClanahan start um, in Bowling Green at their in their first full season and earn promotions all the way up to double to A Montgomery and, and to play key roles on a on a winning club at double A leads us to think really highly about their, their future and how they can help us moving forward. I don't know if we're gonna have enough time to go through everybody Neil, but <laughs> there was a lot of other things that were really cool to see. Kevin Padlow after um, a couple of years where he probably fell short of his own expectations, finally starting to realize some of his potential and, you know, putting up almost a thousand OPS in triple A. Zach Tragadin, a guy who was a a high round pick for us several years ago, but was struggling to crack 90, uh, continuing to put the work and effort in and extended spring training, 
getting his body in better shape and now now a guy who has turned himself into a fishing prospect for us and someone that we think has, has a real future in the game that maybe we didn't think several years ago. And so those are some of the cool stories but that may be behind the scenes on top of all the guys that everybody sees on the top prospect list. Would Ryan be the biggest surprise just because of maybe, like in McClanahan's case, he's a top pick. You might have expected he might have a quick rise. How good Ryan was and how the fact that he went through three levels. Yeah, I don't know if he's necessarily the biggest surprise. There were a lot of Joe Ryan fans coming out of instructional league last year. Certainly with his background coming from Cal State Santa Claus and not having pitched you know, against some of the best competition in college, you weren't always sure what, what you get out of those type of guys because they haven't been put into those, those pressure situations necessarily. But um, our scouts were, were big fans of, of him uh, and really more so than his stuff, his work ethic, uh, his drive, one of the most confident, competitive guys that we have and then has that, that drive to get better each day and, and really put in the work in the offseason. Was already in good shape. but probably came back this year in even better shape. And we started to see the signs of this in, in spring training. Velo was up a little bit. Uh, pitches were just a little bit sharper and a little bit more around the zone. And then the work he continued to put in with Brian Reese in Bowling Green, then Doc Watson in Port Charlotte, and finally with R.C. Lichtenstein in Montgomery. Got a little bit better each 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 time out. You know, he has a, a, a fastball that, that hitters just can't see. He's got you know a, a pitch that is he can rely on, but... Uh, as he went throughout the season, continued to add wrinkles to that, whether it's a, a slider that got a little bit sharper, changeup that now has a little bit more separation off the fastball. Didn't just use that that, that strong one pitch uh, to get where he's at. Really became a complete pitcher as, as the season wore on, and that was that says good things about what he can do in the future. You mentioned his experience in Instructional League last year. You've started Instructional League. What are maybe some uh, guys to look for in terms of their growth and maybe any position player changes uh, or, or position changes you have. Yeah, we have a we have a really young group down here in instructional league right now. It's mostly the guys who played in our short season team. So we're we're spending time getting to know and continue to introduce them to the raised way of doing things. Whether that's you know Greg Jones continue to get more reps at shortstop after he missed some time during the year. JJ Goff continuing to build arm strength and and work on his his pitches and his mechanics and understanding a, a pro workload after coming in as a, as a high school sign. As far as some of the guys that have been around a little bit longer that, that are trying out some new things, if you're following the box course closely, you saw Jermaine Colossios pop up as a pitcher towards the, the end of the, the summer um, in Port Charlotte. And we're continuing to, to work with him as he, he builds some arm strength and, and works on his body to potentially add that component to his game moving forward into into 2020. He certainly has, has the raw arm strength to, to be a good pitcher. Uh, now it's working on the finer points of those things and, and making sure that he's, he's ready to handle the, the type of workloads that he would um, on the bump that you don't necessarily see uh, in the dirt. You had a lot of kids who went to uh, Australia last year that showed some major growth. It was the first time you sent pitchers there. Joel Piguero, Christopher Sanchez... Who do you have going this year and why? We've really been pleased with what, what's going on with the, uh, our relationship in Australia and what that is able to do for guys that are at a particular place in their development. You know, winter ball, we think really highly of winter ball, the Arizona Fall League, but typically that's for, for an older player. So Australia happens to be at a really sweet spot for us where it's at a level um, for guys who are kind of in that first full season, Bowling Green, Port Charlotte timeline, and 
could really benefit from the extra game reps that they get out there in, in December and January that they wouldn't be able to get while they're here. So yeah, we're continuing that program this year, sending another group of guys to play with the Perth Heat. Roberto Alvarez, catcher who was with our Bowling Green team, is headed out there, as well as Kaleo Johnson, who has uh, spent time with both Bowling Green and Port Charlotte this year, uh, playing first base and third base. And then Nico Holtheiser, who uh, we acquired from the Dodgers uh, in July for Adam Kolarik, a guy who missed a little bit of time this year with a hamstring injury, but has some some real raw power and a pretty good outfielder for, for a guy his size and um, hoping to get him a few, make up some of those reps that he lost this year and, and hopefully come back even stronger next year. And then, like you mentioned, for the first time, we sent some young pitchers uh, over to Australia past off season. Some guys that aren't able to, to pitch in winter ball in the Dominican, but this is a way to, to get them some experience pitching in front of crowds, pitching uh, in pressure situations. Um, this year, uh, Audrey Lugo and Carlos Garcia, two guys who, who pitched in the Gulf Coast League, as well as pitch. Lugo got a few games in Hudson Valley, Carlos Garcia a few games with Stone Crab. We're, we're going to have them go over there for about half the season to, to continue their development and pitch in some some pressure situations and hopefully uh, continue to, to grow and take some of the things that they learned over there and, and make the strides that Figueroa and Sanchez made this past season. And then in the Arizona Fall League, they've already begun. Give us a feel for what you're hoping for out of the group that is out there. I know that uh, probably the, the last guy that was added was what, Simon Rosenblum Larson? Yeah, and actually um, we did make a, a change uh, just recently, as, um, even past Rosenblum Larson. Uh, Vidal Brujan is headed out there. Uh, taking the place of Taylor Walls, and we'll be getting some reps at shortstop while he's out in, in Arizona. And really, for each of the, the seven guys who are out there, as well as uh, Jim Paddock, our, our pitching coach, they all kind of have their own specific development plans. But on the whole, it, it's really about getting to play against a, an even higher level of competition. You know, most almost all organizations send some of their better players and better prospects out there, and we think it's good for each of the seven guys to, to test their skills against the best that the other organizations have to offer. So continuing to really challenge themselves and put themselves in some, some new positions and, and uh, new experiences, think that will continue to further their development moving forward. Jeff, great stuff. Congrats on the new role, and uh, I know we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. And that's Jeff McLaren, Rays Director of Minor League Operations. Let's pause for station identification on the Rays Baseball Network. Coming up, Shane Boss and Drew Strotman on the Arizona Fall League and much more. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball on the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Rays Baseball. I'm Neil Solons. This week, there are several Rays prospects in Arizona for the annual Fall League. Joining me now, Shane Boss, one of the participants. Shane, thanks very much for being with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Neil. Tell me what it meant, first of all, when you learned you were going to the Fall League and what excites you most about the upcoming experience. Um, it was very cool. Obviously, the best players in all baseball usually go to it, so it's an honor to be selected and grateful for the Rays for letting me go and just really a lot of excitement, ready to go. What do you hope to learn from the experience? Obviously, you just finished your first uh, year of full season ball. Um, hopefully, just seeing how my stuff stacks up to elite players, you know. Just, you know, go out there and showing everybody that I can be an elite pitcher and that I will be in the future and open some eyes, hopefully. Where do you think you grew this year? Uh, in your And what did you learn from full season ball? Because 
it is a little bit of adjustment. I know the Rays kind of capture innings by, by starting you out and extended. Yeah, um, I've probably just learned about keeping it simple and trusting my fastball and just trying to attack hitters, attacking hitters, and just knowing that my stuff will play. And it worked out really well. And I definitely just grew as a pro, just learning about how to take care of your business every day, how to show up to the ballpark ready to go every day, and how to, like, get better even on days that you don't have a bullpen or, you know, you're not pitching in the game. Just little stuff like that that just makes a world difference at the end of the day. How helpful is Brian Reith? I've heard a lot of good things about uh, the job he did teaching that group in Bowling Green. Unbelievable. I love Brian and have all the respect in the world for him. He kind of helped me just simplify everything and kind of get down to the basics and really made me challenge hitters and it was great. I love him. He's an awesome guy. He's a great pitching coach. And, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't say enough about him. How about the competition among the pitchers themselves? I mean, you had a lot of guys who moved up during the course of the season, a lot of guys who put up great numbers who stayed there the whole season. Um, who was your catch partner most of the year, and how much did that help also? My catch partner was mostly Miller Hogan. But, I mean, there's really not any – I'd say there's definitely a little bit of competition, but – I mean, I don't really like to worry about other people and how they're performing. And I'd say that a lot of the other guys felt the same way. It wasn't like, oh, i got to be better than this guy or this guy. It was more about me just enjoying my own little journey and enjoying my own little process and just having fun at the end of the day. And it, it always ends up working out better that way. You know, that certainly makes sense. I guess I've also seen staffs where, hey, this guy did so well this day and it kind of spurs you, not in terms of competing against the guy, but you want to do well because all your teammates are doing so well and they push you in that regard. 100%. It's definitely contagious. There was like almost a a culture there of the pitchers just dominating, which was crazy. Yeah, it it was really cool. It was really fun to be a part of that team. A lot of our fans who have heard about you but haven't seen you, other than maybe some videos, how would you describe your stuff now? And how would you like to say that your stuff is going to play differently or continue to improve in 2020? I'd say that I have a really kind of interesting mix of pitches. I have like a four-seam fastball that I've been up to like 100, 101. I have a cutter that's like low to mid-90s, like a hard slider that's like, you know, 87, 88, a slurve, a curveball, and a changeup. And so I really like to kind of tinker with my pitches, and I have a lot of feel for my off-speed stuff. So I really have uh, – that's really what I've been really grateful for is just keeping feel of those pitches. But I definitely like to attack with the fastball. And, I mean, that's when I'm at my best is when I'm just trusting my fastball and just mixing my other stuff and – making the hitters respect it and just challenging hitters is one of my best. It's certainly important that you be you, um, but growing up where you did in Texas, which there have been so many good pitchers that have grown through that area over the years, are there guys that you watched that inspired you that, uh, you know, you know, you really enjoyed watching growing up? Um, as far as guys from Houston or, like, just my favorite pitchers? Uh, either or. Well, I was always like to uh, see James on when he was in high school 
And so that was really cool to get, you know, picked by the Pirates. And he was really cool to me and congratulated me and stuff. But I'd say, like, my favorite pitchers ever, like, my favorite was probably Al Duque, man. I love that lefty delivery, <laughs> that funky lefty delivery, and a lot of emotion on the mound and just a fire about him that nobody else really had. So that was really – I really liked him. So, yeah, I just – Nowadays, my favorite guys to watch are probably, like, I really love DeGrom. He's unbelievable. And I really like Garrett Cole, too. And Charlie Morton's a beast, too. <laughs> it's not. It's three pretty good ones to choose in terms of today's day and age. What, what yeah. have you enjoyed about being with this organization? Because they have such a reputation for working with pitchers and really individualizing guys. I really enjoyed my teammates a ton. Like, a really a lot of really, really great guys that I've been around and made really, really special relationships with. That's been a big part, but I'd say just getting something like really having a goal and knowing what I want to get better at and, you know, just really just enjoying myself every day has been a pleasure to be a part of this great organization. And I know they also allow guys to be themselves. And I think um, one thing that I've enjoyed is just kind of, uh, and I hope our fans do, is follow you on social media at the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Hey, how how'd you get the uh, the Twitter handle, Instagram handle? Is that a long time nickname? How did that come about? Yeah, that's a long time nickname. I'd say probably seven or eight years old. I think my freshman year of high school is when I got that. One of the seniors just saw me throw my cutter and. They were like, dude, you're like a, it's almost like you're a wizard. And then they're like, you're the wizard of Boz. And then <laughs> it just stuck, man. And I like it. It's cool. I kind of run with it sometimes. So it's pretty fun. It should be. Um, the game is fun and, and the personalities are fun. I mean, you've got some things that I see you, I mean, off field, you, you play guitar too? Yeah. Um, my mom's a musician. So it's in my blood, man. Just kind of a little bit of a hippie can't really help it raised on rock and roll so that's a big part of me i love music and it helps me kind of separate from the game sometimes you know if i'm struggling a little bit it's really nice kind of out just for my emotions to be able to separate and go almost have like a little meditation it's really awesome did i read right too that you became an ordained minister last off season that is true i did online uh, i had yet to minister any weddings okay but I hope that I will get one soon. That's pretty cool. So you're a well-rounded individual, obviously. And uh, I understand the best part about going to the Fall League for you is they do have uh, Whataburgers. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've already had it way too many times just being home for a few days. i got to keep it at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, we certainly hope you have an awesome time at the Fall League. Um, best of luck in the experience. Continued success in the Rays organization. And uh, pleasure to have you for a few minutes on this week in Rays Baseball. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's really fun. And that is Shane Boz now in the Arizona Fall League with six other Rays prospects, including fellow pitcher Drew Stopman, who this year came back from Tommy John surgery. Drew, thanks very much for being with us. Yep, thanks for having me on. Tell me, first of all, what it meant to uh, be invited by the Rays and, and have them as one of the representatives, one of the representative pitchers in the league. Well, I mean, it's a great opportunity and something that I'm looking forward to for, you know, 
various reasons. One being obviously it's a great opportunity, and I'm so lucky to you know be asked and invited to go. Um, secondly, obviously with my injury earlier this year, I'm looking forward to getting some more innings and getting some work in um, and kind of building back to where I was and even better moving forward. You mentioned your injury. You came back from Tommy John this year. What was the hardest part about the rehab process for you and how close do you feel to, let's say, where you were when you were in Bowling Green last year? The hardest part, I would say, was just not knowing the exact days you're going to be back and knowing that, you know, you had other guys that you were competing with um, on the same team with before that were out there playing ball games, winning ball games, and that's just, you know, what we want to do. So the hardest part was for sure just not being out there wasn't necessarily the physical part of the rehab or anything like that. It's just want to be out there with these guys you've made such good friends with and competing on the field. It's different. I mean, being out for so long and coming back, I wouldn't say everything's the exact same. So it's just kind of learning where you need to kind of make ground back up, what's, what's kind of there naturally and what's not, and then kind of just building feel for um, pitches and stuff where it's, you can kind of go out there and compete without thinking about it as opposed to just kind of getting comfortable again. Um, at first, I could definitely sense that there was some, I don't know, nerves, just kind of an extra adrenaline going on out there that I wasn't used to. So I was almost getting a little winded early in the rehab process, but my last mm-hmm. few outings in Fort Charlotte, I wasn't necessarily feeling those, so you know, I could feel myself settling back in. At what point in the process did you really feel you were letting it go again? Because I would imagine that's got to be difficult too. Yeah, I would say um, when you start to face hitters for the first time in kind of a live batting practice situation, that's also one of the first times you kind of start to get on a radar gun. So it's kind of a read for where your intensity level is at versus how the ball is really coming out because you never really know until you start to get those numbers feedback. And, I mean, I was pretty pleased with the results, and I felt like I felt, I felt good and I was putting in good effort, and also the numbers on the, on the end were good, but I'm still building up that strength. But, yeah, as you kind of start to wrap up just the bullpen session and get into facing hitters, you actually kind of start to let it go, I would say. Because when you were originally drafted out of uh, St. Mary's, I heard you know great things about what you did in Hudson Valley and the way you started the year in Bowling Green. You were a guy who all of a sudden your velocity kind of jumped near the end of your college career, yes? Mm-hmm. That's right. So where were you at the at that point, and how close are you to think you're kind of close to that? Or And do you see yourself as a power guy going forward? I never saw myself as a power guy growing up or in my early pitching career. But then at the end of my college career, obviously, when I started to add some miles per hour um, with, one of the, with help from one of the coaches out there um, that I worked really well with, then it was fun to be able to pitch the way I was but also have that power tool. And so now... I think I still have that. It's just a matter of getting it back to where it was. I'd say I'm still uh, anywhere from one to three miles an hour down all the way around from where I'd want to be and where I was before, just in terms of the top range as well as sitting. So it was actually good to be able to get home and throw a couple of bullpens with one of the coaches that I worked with in college that helped me out a lot, kind of a quick little tune-up, and hopefully we'll be able to apply that in Arizona in these coming weeks. As you got ready for Arizona and got through this whole process, you know, the rehab, who was most helpful? I heard great things about from a lot of guys about Joel Smith and the work he does, and who were some of maybe the players that were beneficial just to bounce ideas off of? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, like a whole army of not only staff, but players. You know, we had so many guys go through the injury last year that there was kind of a whole armada of us that were kind of going through the ups and downs together and bouncing things off each other to make sure nobody's kind of being left behind. So, you know, there's 
good and bad to it being a fairly common injury nowadays. Joel Smith obviously runs the rehab and keeps a very good schedule as well as kind of working it forward and backward depending on what guys want and need. And then you have Aaron Scott will step in, the head of minor league medical, uh, all the way around and kind of just take charge and things if, if needed And because Joel is just constantly slammed for the rehab guys. And then you have some other guys that uh, between interns and then Shinichiro Fukura, who has been up and down helping out the big league guys, too. He just has been uh, great with the guys in terms of doing soft tissue. And he, within the last year, also got his acupuncture license completed. So acupuncture for the guys. And he's kind of what we call the pain doctor because he will uh, put you through some hurt, but you'll feel pretty good moving forward after that. So, I mean, there's just a whole army of guys. And I've told people I couldn't have imagined having to go through the injury process in a college setting or high school setting without all those guys where you have all those resources to help you get through it. It's, uh, it's just got to be unparalleled. And in terms of players, who was good to go through the process with? Uh, well, we had a few guys, right? You know, my buddies that I've been playing with, Austin Franklin, obviously I worked uh, well with during season. So we were, we're almost brothers at this point, just go, going through the mm-hmm. process around the same time. And then Honeywell has been through the ringer, but he's he's a good guy to have around. You know, he'll shoot you straight, and he kind of is one of the one of the guys to kind of take charge. A new guy almost comes in and welcome him in and kind of keep it. He's for me, he was one of the first guys to not try and almost blow smoke and just say, you know, everything's all right. He just said, you know, this is gonna suck, and it was almost refreshing to hear that because it's not easy going into it. You know, it's nothing you want to have to go through. So, I mean, we just had so many guys. We had Blake Fluhops who was down in Hudson Valley, post-rehab. We had a whole bunch of guys kind of in the same process. I think we had five or six guys all start throwing within the same weeks. So it was nice to have a bunch of guys around. To uh, to kind of separate from the process, too, what uh, what kind of things did you do to unwind? Are you a gamer? Or are you? Yeah, I, was, uh, I started gaming more within the past year, and especially through the rehab process, you can't do anything too crazy. Nothing too physical. So, I mean, I like to golf, but I went golfing one time after being cleared by the doctor to try it out, and I was, my elbow was feeling a little funky afterwards, so I backed off of that. So, yeah, getting leaving the field and going back and doing some gaming, watching some Netflix, HBO, you know, getting through some shows that I hadn't watched yet, and then just, for lack of a better term, watching the clock tick. How is, how is family with all that, too? Because I think it helps to have, you know, as many supportive people as possible. Yeah, it's tough uh, when my family's down in California and me being in Florida for that long, um, you know, not really having much of an off-season last year. But my family has always been extremely supportive and is there anytime I need them. Uh, my parents flew out to Florida when I was first getting surgery, so I can, uh, that's one thing that I first I was saying, no, you guys don't have to come out, like, don't worry about it. But it was so nice to have my parents there to kind of first few days after surgery keep an eye on me and also bring a sense of home and then kind of later in the rehab process parents came back out watching me throw bullpens as well as my sister came and visited me so it's just nice to have that custom home and you can get pretty homesick being stuck in rehab for a while going through the same thing every day not getting to see family so they've always been there uh, for me through thick and thin and will they come see you in arizona since it's a whole lot closer yeah they're planning on coming out. Um, they were trying to juggle different ideas of when to do it. I'm not sure if they're all going to be coming out together or maybe a couple different trips separately, but I'm looking forward to having them out there and getting to share this experience, this experience with them a little bit. When you get through this, what will be the, the hopefully the takeaway for you? What do you hope to gain from it? Okay, yeah. the fall league? I'm hoping that uh, I can just 
pick some brains with these other guys. We obviously have a lot of really good up-and-coming players coming to this. So pick some brains and use my eyes and learn some things while I'm there. That will help me moving forward. Um, and then I'm just compete with some of, the, uh, some of the better talent in the minor leagues. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. And then I'm guessing after that have a normal off season, which will be new and probably refreshing. Yeah, go home and actually maybe kick my feet up and not throw baseball for a little bit, which would be weird. But yeah, very refreshing and maybe not be a either healthy baseball player or rehabbing baseball player, which has been my sole identity for the past year and a half or two. Well, enjoy that. And more than that, enjoy the time in the fall league. And we certainly appreciate some time here on This Week in Race yeah. Baseball. I appreciate you having me. And that is Drew Strotman on the Arizona Fall League. Now, the participants there joining him and Shane Boz, who you heard from earlier, are Josh Lowe, Ronaldo Hernandez, and Vidal Brujan, among others. Let's move back to the big club, the Rays, and their bullpen, which is a big reason behind the team's success this year. Oliver Drake was with five different major league teams in 2018, and now he's averaging a career-best 11-plus strikeouts per nine innings. Got two big outs yesterday, and I asked Oliver Drake what this year has meant to him. Uh, yeah, it's just been a really fun year. Um, the team, the staff, the whole organization is just a great place to be. Um, a lot of fun, you know, a lot of fun to be a part of this team and uh, kind of be in this playoff hunt, so I'm enjoying it. Is there anything that you've done differently this year than you have in previous years? I'm um, just being consistent. Um, I think that's a big thing. Um, you know, being a part of this pen is pretty special. Um, everyone in it's talented and extremely dedicated and hardworking, and so it's a fun group to be a part of, and, you know, you learn a lot being around these guys. A lot of people say that, you know, you perform better when you're comfortable. Has this been the most comfortable surrounding for you, and if so, why? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, definitely a place I feel comfortable. Um, I think it's just the organization in itself, top to bottom, they do a great job of um, making you feel comfortable and a part of the team. And, uh, you know, I think that definitely helps. What have Kyle and Stan meant to you, and how have they helped you? Uh, they've been awesome. Like I just said, you know, they've been a huge part of, uh, you know, making all of us feel comfortable. They're very knowledgeable, and they do a great job relaying information and knowing how to work with each guy because everyone's kind of different in what they need or how you need to explain things to them, and uh, they're very good at that. Is there a moment that has really stood out for you this year Is one that, you know, you've kind of found hey this has really got a chance to be a special year uh i mean the season as a whole i mean right now like we're still there's still a bunch of games left that are going to mean a lot so uh i don't think there's a moment yet i don't know if after the season we'll look back at something but as of right now the job's not done so there's still a lot to look forward to this has also been a chance for you not only to pitch more frequently and get more opportunity you pitch in more leverage moments how much have you enjoyed that and how have you been able to control kind of the emotions in those moments? I mean, yeah, it's just fun to pitch in major league games. Um, that's a big thing, whether, you know, it's a high leverage or whenever it is. It's it's just fun to play in those games and, you know, just be a part of, you know, winning winning games here at the major league level. That's the that's the most fun. And in terms of, you know, this, this group, you mentioned the camaraderie, the way the bullpen works. What's the personality like of that bullpen down there? Uh, I mean, it's just loose. Everyone down there is pulling for each other. We like to have fun. A bunch of good group of guys. Um, everyone's willing to help each other out. You know, it's just it's a fun and special group to be a part of. How do you fit in with that group? Because I've heard you can be kind of talkative down there, chatty to a point. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can be the one to answer how I fit in in the group. 
Um, but I just know I really appreciate being a part of it. And who's been most helpful to you of your teammates? Who's your catch partner on a day-by-day basis that you kind of get feedback off of? Uh, well, I throw with uh, Emilio, so we've been catch partners pretty much since I got called up. But, I mean, to be able to point to one guy, I don't think that'd be possible. I mean, over the course of the season, you know, everyone's kind of been a big part of helping each other out, which I think is, you know, what makes this so special. And that's Oliver Drake. He's had his best major league season. In his last six outings, he's allowed just one base runner, striking out 12 in six and two-thirds innings. Now, for others like Johnny Davis, it's just been a thrill to get to the big leagues, especially at 29 years of age after he was plucked from the Mexican League, getting his first at bat and hit in the majors in front of family in L.A. Uh, Yeah, it was was great getting to go home and uh, enjoy the moment with my family and play in a big league stadium in front of my folks and all my friends what was the best part of it for you just the like family and friends getting to come and see me play that was that's what did it for me my son got to see me on a big league field that was that was unreal unreal feeling was the hit of the moments on the field what was the best part was it the hit the scoring a run in a key game against the dodgers at dodger stadium in an extra inning win what what stands out for you uh Maybe the run, scoring the run in a big moment. Uh, I know we, like as a team, we enjoyed that more more because it, it helped us win. Uh, but the the hit was big time too because it was a triple. Like it was my first at bat and couldn't have been any better for me to leg out a triple. So they both were pretty pretty good, pretty nice. Kind of nice. It was in. It's almost like in Hollywood that you had the Hollywood story come to a conclusion, so to speak. Yeah, that was. It's kind of weird how the story wrote itself but man what a story when you look back and you went to mexico did you ever think anything like that was going to be possible this year how'd you end up there yeah i I thought uh i thought somebody would be looking and seeing the things that i was doing down in mexico and somebody was but could you have ever imagined it being like this where you go from there to a playoff race and debut in your home in your home basically no i never thought it'd be in my home place like i i'd get to playing Angel and Dodger Stadium. That was pretty crazy. Never thought that would ever happen. And I thought one of the most awesome things, it was the first time your family got to see you play professionally in person. Yeah, my mom and dad never seen me play baseball. That was the first time. It was pretty dope. And your son's how old? Five. Does he love the game too? Yeah, he, he wants to play now for sure. Saw his daddy out there, and he for sure wants to play. What kind of example do you think it also sits for folks who in your in in your home area um you making it uh anything's possible you know like uh, we can make it out of there that's that's the example that i want to set like that's not the like uh the streets ain't it ain't a dead end street pretty much like we we can get out of there and how did you get into baseball to begin with because i it wasn't what you picked originally right no 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 i started playing uh in college, I, uh, my little brother was playing and talked to a scout, and scout asked him, do we have family? He was like, yeah, I got a brother that's faster than me. And the scout couldn't believe it, and the scout told him to bring me to a workout, and everything else is history. And obviously it ended the right way, and, and I know the TB on the race hat was kind of almost fitting that you were wearing that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, we grew up... Uh, on Tejada, I grew up on Tejada in 156, and that that was our uh, me and my friends. That was like our street, and we all 
Tejada, we're Tejada boys, and TB. Like some of my friends got the, I got just the the letters tattooed on my arms, TB. But my other friends, they got the actual like devil rays symbol tattooed on them, like when we were kids. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. And how I always hear this group is so great about bringing in new players and making them feel at home. How much has this felt like home to you so far? Oh man, it's been awesome, man. The guys are great, man. They, they make you feel at home for sure, man. They, I don't know who was happier, me or them, when I hit the triple, man. It was dope environment, man. I love it. And that is Johnny Davis, who did score the game-winning one yesterday in the 11-inning victory over the Boston Red Sox. And special thanks to him and all the guests on the program today, including Mike Brasso, as well as the new head of minor league operations, Jeff McLaren, Shane Boz, and Drew Strotman, who raised pitchers who were over in the Arizona Fall League. And also thanks very much for joining us to Oliver Drake, who's done a terrific job lately uh, and really almost all year long out of the Rays bullpen. If you ever have something you want to hear on the program, all you have to do is tweet me at Neil Solons. Now, next week will be our final show of the regular season, so you'll hear from the team MVP, the top rookie on the club, and many of the minor league award winners in the organization, too. Special thanks to my producer, Tom Ponzo. Neil Solon saying stay tuned. The pregame show is next. As we get set for the Rays and Red Sox, this is the Rays Baseball Network.